Hi, and welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast for veterinarians. This podcast is meant to provide some quick and handy tips for veterinarians on the go. This is Dr. Melanie Barham. This is your Owen podcast on avian influenza. This podcast is intended for veterinarians who may be called upon for advice and care of small flocks and for small flock owners in Ontario. As many of you know, avian influenza was diagnosed in Ontario on April 6th. Today we're joined by Mr. Al Dam, poultry specialist from the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. We'll be talking about some practical tips to help prevent avian influenza on your farm as well as what you need to know. Avian influenza is a viral infection that can infect domestic and wild birds. Recent outbreaks have been detected in commercial and small flocks in Canada and the United States, as well as now in Ontario. The virus is easily transmitted from bird to bird no matter what the species. Wild birds can carry the virus without appearing sick, and this is something that you really need to remember. Consuming poultry or meat or eggs is safe, provided proper cooking methods are followed. Unfortunately, there's no vaccine that's protective against the virus, so prevention through biosecurity is the most important action for all flock owners, regardless of species or flock size. Al, do you want to tell us what uh, flock owners can do to keep their birds safe? Yeah, thanks, Melanie. So, five simple things. One, prevent contact with wild birds and other animals. Not only wild birds, but other vermin such as mice, rats, skunks, and raccoons. This applies to your dogs and cats also. Two, keep your premises clean. You can harbor pathogens and parasites in soil, litter, and other organic matter. You need to thoroughly clean your pens, feeders, waters, and other equipment, including the shovels you clean with. This includes keeping yourself clean too. Three, know your birds and spot signs of sickness, and we'll go over what even influenza looks like. Four, limit exposure to visitors. This includes everyone, including your grandkids. Five, keep your new birds from your flock separate for at least 28 days. This quarantine period will allow you to monitor these new birds for developing sickness. This applies to birds that you have taken to shows or exhibits also. Okay, so Al, when you mentioned about washing and making yourself clean, can you elaborate on that? Like what should people, you know, when they're, when they're doing chores or if they're planning to go visit another flock or something like that? So your mother was always right. Wash your hands. That's the first thing. You can harbor pathogens on your hands from other sick birds. Um, you want to have hand sanitizer in the barn before you handle the birds and after. You want to have um, separate footwear or foot baths. The thing with foot baths though is if you use them, keep them clean. Keep them changed very often. Uh, you can use products, commercial products like Vercon. I know some people will use pool pucks uh, because it's a slow-release chlorine and it stays bioactive for a long time. Um, and that includes even your shovels, uh, any equipment you use in the barns. Even if you're transporting birds, your crates are a great place to harbor disease. Al, I just wanted to touch on uh, this uh, point about wild birds and keeping them separate. Um, so what, what can people practically do to make sure that wild birds aren't coming in contact with their flock if you have a small flock? Well, the, one of the biggest challenges we have is shared water areas, right? So if we have a pond where the ducks can be in, uh, or geese, and you have your own domesticated birds, whether they're ducks or chickens, uh, that's, a, that's a potential pathogen transfer area. Uh, even your dog running through the bush and then coming into your barn can be a pathogen transfer area. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are hunters out there. Don't walk through the barn with your hip waders. Some very basic things like that. You want to segregate out um, and eliminate any transfer points between where wild birds may potentially be, and your birds. That includes screening your barn, uh, making sure your waters and feeders can't be accessed by wild birds. Uh, and it's not just waterfowl, but any birds, starlings, crows, whatever.
Right, so keeping everything separate and making sure there's certain kind of that your birds are kind of corralled off. They can still be free range, but free range within yep. an area that maybe other birds aren't going to touch them. And another important point is your dead stock. If you have livestock, you will have dead stock. So proper management of your dead stock is critical because you do not want uh, to be attracting any critters or varmints that will come there. And that includes seagulls and hawks. Okay. Yeah, and on that topic, I guess we've seen, I saw your presentation about biosecurity that where you mentioned about keeping your dead stock area corralled off or kind of put it, put in a marked area. That seemed like a really good tip. So if you do have dead birds, to put it, um, to put them in a marked area where you at least know where, where they've all been buried as opposed to kind of putting them in various places. Yeah, so for dead stock, our dead stock regulations for Ontario, uh, your options for dealing with dead stock are burial, um, rendering, composting, Landfilling isn't really an option, and I'm pretty sure your municipality would not want you putting your dead birds in the garbage for pickup. Mm. Um, but and we have information on our website that talks about proper disposal of dead stock in Ontario. To and give that's you some the OMAFR site. That's the OMAFR site, yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. And that's www.ontario.ca/omafr. Very good. Um, okay, so I guess moving on to our clinical signs, I just wanted to touch on those. In the most recent outbreak, we seem to have had um, very high, uh, very high mortality. Um, however, any spike in mortality should be noted. Um, and when you call, if you if you think you're, if you're suspecting an issue or you're thinking that your birds are dying of something, then um, I need to speak to your veterinarian. Make sure that you communicate that in percentages. Say, you know, there's two birds out of ten, or two birds out of 100, that's a big difference, um, and it's important for the veterinarian to know that. Other clinical signs that may be seen uh, would be uh, lack of appetite and energy, drop in egg production, difficulty walking, swollen head, combs or waddles or legs, nasal discharge, sneezing, coughing, bloody diarrhea, or just sudden death, and that has been the hallmark in this outbreak. However, you should be on high alert for other signs as well. We don't know exactly how it will affect every species out there, so it's important to keep an eye out for all those signs. It's also important to manage the segregation of your species too. You don't want to have your chickens and ducks and geese all in the same penning. Oh, good point. For other point for other diseases like blackhead or Newcastle, uh, there are diseases that uh, ducks can harbor that won't make them sick, but will make your chickens and turkeys sick. Okay, great. So we were just talking as well before this podcast started about what should we do if there are if you do notice clinical signs if you're a small flock grower. Um, so Al, if you want to kind of take that away. Sure. So if we see any of the signs that Melanie had just mentioned, uh, your first thing to do is call your veterinarian. Um, and if you don't have a veterinarian, even calling the local animal vet or small animal vet uh, is an important thing to do. Uh, do not take your birds off your property. If you have potentially infected birds with avian influenza, do not be bringing them to the vet clinic uh, or to the animal health lab in Guelph or anywhere else, to be honest. Um, contact your vet and they can contact Canadian Food Inspection Agency or CFIA. Uh, if you cannot get a hold of a vet, there are options to get a hold of them. Uh, or CFIA can be contacted directly. Melanie, I think you've got some of those contacts. Yeah, so if you're looking for a veterinarian and you don't have a relationship with any veterinarian, not a small animal vet or anybody, then uh, you can also you can go to CVO org and search under find a veterinarian and there is a search option where you can look by location uh, so again that's cvo.org and you can call uh, you can you could call them as well and ask uh, if there's a veterinarian in your area 
Um, if you are contacted uh, by, if you are a veterinarian and you are contacted by a small flock grower and you're not experienced with uh, working with poultry, um, CVO actually is also keeping a list of veterinarians, poultry experienced poultry veterinarians who are willing to help and offer veterinarian to veterinarian mentorship. Um, and again, that is just veterinarian to veterinarian, and it's to ha uh, to ask to help with any questions or concerns that you might have as a as a veterinarian who doesn't often deal with poultry. If you again, as I'll mentioned, if you are not able to uh, to get a hold of a veterinarian or <clears throat> or get advice from a veterinarian, then you should call the, your local CFIA um, branch office, and you can find that by googling CFIA. And, uh, and regional office, you can find it that way. We'll also be posting those names and numbers on the Owen website. Uh, an important thing to mention when it comes to uh, disease control uh, and monitoring is a visitor logbook. Uh, it, what a visitor logbook is, is just tracks who's been on your property, um, and that includes everyone from visitors to service people because Heaven forbid, if we ever have a disease outbreak on your farm, we need to be able to do a trace back and a trace forward. And I don't know about you, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone who visited my farm <laughs> two weeks ago. This is a very important component of that. Yeah, that's great. And so, and I know, Al, you can get a hold of a free visitor logbook as well as some other resources if you call Poultry Industry Council, right? Yeah. Well, we actually have, Omatra has a free kit called Keeping Your Birds Healthy, Biosecurity Basics for Small Flocks. It's a... Uh, it's meant for the non-quota bird holders in the province, uh, but if you have a commercial poultry operation, the concepts still apply to you too. It explains the concepts of biosecurity, cleaning and disinfection, disease identification, management and control, vermin control, dead stock management, foreign animal disease, and much more. There are fact sheets, posters, pamphlets, a weatherproof restricted entry sign, the visitor logbook we were talking about, and a CD with electronic versions of all the above and much more. Now, we know that chick days are coming soon, so educate yourself with these free kits. You can call OMAF's Agricultural Information Contacts in our toll-free at 1-877-424-1300 or contact the Poultry Industry Council at 519-837-0284 and we can mail you out your free kit. Oh, awesome. So, Al, while we're on the topic of resources, I just wanted to go over a few uh, emergency numbers that you may want to keep on hand. On hand. Um, the first one is the uh, SOS Bird uh, hotline, which is for um, small flock growers as well as commercial growers if you're having a disease issue. This will link you up with uh, important resources as well as the, uh, the feather boards. So that number is 1-877-SOS-BYRD or 1-877-767-2973. The other one you may want to keep on handy is uh, on hand is uh, the Poultry Industry Council. Uh, they have uh, small flock kits, including visitor log books, where you can access that for free. Uh, it's 519-837-0284. So you can get your small flock kit also from the Omafra Agricultural Information Contact Center. Uh, they are a great resource for general information, and their number is 1-877-424. 1300. The final number is for veterinarians to report a suspect foreign animal disease, and that is the CFIA emergency line. It's 1-877-814-2342. If you're not a veterinarian, please call your local district office. Those numbers will be posted on our website, as well as, um, as and all of these all of this information will be posted in our fact sheet, which will be also on our website. Okay, so just finally wanted to mention uh, about what happens if you're a 
a veterinarian uh, and you get a call from a client and um, and you are have a suspicion of a foreign animal disease, like you have a suspicion that it might be avian influenza. Um, if you're not sure what questions to ask, we are going to post on our site some questions that you might want to ask for a small flock um, history that um, that would flag you that something is wrong. So high mortality, the clinical signs that we've mentioned. If you have any suspicion at all, please don't go to the farm. Don't have the client bring the bird in. Just stop and call CFIA and instruct the client to stay where they are. That's the best thing to do. And then CFIA will be able to walk through a risk assessment and help you through that whole process. So Al, thanks so much for joining us. Um, just wanted to uh, just wanted to direct you guys to the website. Um, it is www.oahn.ca, and we do have a fact sheet for small flock growers, as well as um, all the resources listed. Um, so all the numbers that you might need, all of the um, the questioning line that you might want to take if you're a veterinarian, um, as well as any other resources that we might be able to direct you to, and and some update up to date um, information about disease alerts. You may also find us on Facebook. Facebook at Ontario Animal Health Network or on Twitter at um, the at symbol O-N-T-A-N Health Net. Thanks so much for joining us today and have a great day.